New York Artists Collective. Hi there and welcome to the New York Artists Collective podcast this next one's about. This is a podcast where we ask artists to give us an inside look into one of their songs, how they came to write it and really the stories behind it. Uh, my name is Stephanie Manns, uh, co-producer and singer-songwriter and today's guest is singer-songwriter and Americana artist Kevin Daniel. Kevin hails from North Carolina and currently resides in Brooklyn. He's just played a couple of shows with the MYAC at Rockwood and also the Morgan Stanley Children's Hospital where he very kindly volunteered his time. But more recently he's finished his second EP, Myself Through You, and we're going to hear a track from that a little later on. Kevin Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Very glad to be here. It's been such a pleasure to get to know you the last couple of months. You played a show for us in August, I think it was, The Bro Show. The Bro Show. Alongside Stephen Babcock, Micah Woods. Yes. And that was where I really fell in love with your music. And today we're going to play a little track from your EP. It's called Faded Red. Yes, it is. One of my favorite songs off that EP and also one of my favorite songs of my own that I'm listening to right now. I go in and out of listening to my own music and right now I've been listening to that song a lot. So tell us about the song. Yeah, so um, I recorded the song at DeGraw Sound. Um, it was produced by Ben Rice, who owns DeGraw Sound, which is a, a really great studio in New York if you're in the New York area or just in the Northeast in general and you're looking to record at a cool, very laid back, very affordable, yet very nice studio. I strongly recommend it. And uh, the song is honestly, it's about, well, having relationships and those relationships ending and then sort of seeing that person uh, again, way up, way down the road. Um, and in this particular song, I sort of take the idea that you see this person in a crowd and you're sort of just like a stranger in the crowd and you kind of decide not to speak to them. You know, you sort of decide like, okay, this is the moment. This is the moment we're having. I've acknowledged you. You've acknowledged me. Let's leave it at that, you know? And that's kind of like the premise for the song. I kind of stole it from uh, a friend of mine who's like a short story writer he wrote a story that was sort of like this like the premise of it was like that and i was like that's a pretty good idea for a song and then i turned it into a song that's a great idea for a song and i'm sure anyone can relate to that yeah it can be weird yeah i actually had a halloween party it's very appropriate since halloween is around the corner but i had a halloween party a few years ago and somebody showed up and they were like having a good time and i didn't really know who this person was they're a friend of a friend and <clears throat> i saw them look out the window of my apartment and they just like went cold and they just like went totally just like whew. like and i was like dude what's wrong and he's like my ex-girlfriend from like eight years ago is about to walk into your apartment and i was like oh yeah so <laughs> it's definitely a real world thing and uh, in New York, I think it happens a lot. In New York, you often like see exes or people you used to be friends with or ex-coworkers. And you're sort of like, should I talk to this person? We're on a crowded subway. Should I go out of my way to make this happen? Or should I just sort of acknowledge them and move on with my day? It is surprising how often you can run into people you know in New York. Yeah, it's crazy. Every time it happens, I'm like, this is magic. So for you, obviously, you said this was based on your friend's experience your friend <laughs> i'm sure that's true but were you drawing on something from your own life as well i mean personally it's a huge anxiety for me yeah um i would say it's a pretty big anxiety for everyone i mean even if you like have a good relationship with the person you're still sort of like you don't want to be 
in a situation that you weren't prepared for. Um, this isn't really about a particular experience of mine. Uh, it's actually funny because my girlfriend now, we dated for a little while and then we broke up for a little while before we got back together. But during that breakup, we lived literally two blocks from each other. And not only that, but the band that I played with at the time lived on the first floor of her building. And she said she saw me once, but in that entire year that we were broken up, I did not see her a single time. Um, so it, it's funny, you know, that we say you run into people in New York all the time, but you can also live two blocks away from somebody and not see them at all. This for me is definitely, I'm not good at handling those situations. So I'm like the guy who was at my party. Like if I was at a party randomly and I saw an ex roll up, I would probably, my immediate decision would be to, to run, you know, like fight or flight. I'm always going to choose flight. Um, but I just think it's a really, I think it's a song that a lot of people can relate to. And I also just like the way it sounds, you know, originally it was just supposed to be something smaller than it was. And it sort of turned into this song with horns and big harmonies and just like, it just sounded really good by the time it was over. And, and I really liked the way it turned out. Well, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your experience. That's what it's all about here at the New York Artists Collective. So let's take a listen to Kevin Daniel and Faded Red. A car with no gas and a view of the rising sun My demons are left in the past but they're coming If you want to wake up, wake up If you want to break down, break down the hoy Ahoy A feeling the worst of the flood is still yet to come The path I have chosen is See through the sound 
such a lovely song I'll be honest since I saw you perform at our show in August um, I've loved listening to your EP and also since you played at Morgan Stanley Children's Hospital and that is such a beautiful song so let's talk a little bit more about you I believe you're writing a new album yes um, or sorry are you recording a new album soon yeah so I mean I'm still doing a little bit of writing I think that you sort of work on these songs up until the very last second I mean I'll go into the studio with you know, what I think is going to be the final version of that song. And then once you get in there and you hear what it sounds like and you bring the musicians in and everyone's got an opinion and it sort of turns into something else entirely. Right now, this would be my first full length album. I've released two EPs. Both of them are five or six songs. This one is going to be 10 to 12, um, which is a lot of music. It's a lot of music. Um, I probably have about 20 songs written right now that I can pick and choose from. So it's not really a matter of finding the music. It's a matter right now, the, the hardest thing I'm dealing with is organization, you know, having to organize the musicians, having to organize the studios. I'm recording this record at three different recording studios in three different cities. Um, hitting up to Graw Sound again in Brooklyn, where I recorded my first EP and my second EP. And I'm also going to be headed up to Old Soul Studios, uh, which is a very, very cool recording studio in Catskill, New York. Um, I chose that because uh, one of my favorite artists, this guy Langhorn Slim, if you haven't listened to him, you should check him out. He's the bomb. He's recorded a couple albums up there, and I'm going to work with his producer. And uh, then I'm also going to be going to Nashville, mostly to say that I recorded in Nashville. (laughs) I mean, I do have uh, a producer there that I like who I'm going to work with. But, I mean, Nashville is a place where, like, you want to be a part of the scene there, and you want to be a part of it. And so for me to go there and work with some local musicians and... The other thing about going to Nashville is that everyone there is just so, so good. And you really can kind of show up and be like, hey, do this and they'll just do it. And, you know, and they'll nail it every single time they do it. So that's kind of where I am right now. A lot of organization, a lot of composition, trying to figure out uh, what songs are going to have what instruments, the final lyrics, the final makeup and breakdowns for all these songs. One of the songs is uh, actually going to be just me singing over a string quartet. So right now I'm working with a string composer and arranger to turn my somewhat acoustic rock song into a sort of <laughs> string rock song. Not really sure how that's going to work out, but we're working on it. 
And yeah, it's just consuming a lot of my mental space. I mean, people are always being like, what are you doing? What are you up to? And I'm like, I'm spending like eight hours a day sitting at my desk, just thinking, um, I'm not doing a lot of anything else <laughs> trying to figure stuff out right now, but we're getting into the studio. I think the first recording day is November night, so it's coming up. That is a lot of effort. I mean, three different cities. That's, that's hard work. It is hard work. Um, it's, it's. It would be very. It would be easier to just do it here, but I. I think that there's something to be said for spreading, spreading yourself around a little bit and working with different people and taking yourself out of your comfort zone. Um, I mean, it wasn't too long ago when going to DeGrasse Allen was putting myself outside of my comfort zone because previously I had just recorded at home studios. So to move from a a home studio to a professional studio with somebody where time is money, it's a lot more pressure. Um, so it's a different way of working. It's a lot less casual. Yeah. I mean, I certainly when I record, you know, I, I know I'm a dork anyway, but I go in with a big, you know, spreadsheet of, you know, an Excel spreadsheet and I mark up, you know, what's still to go on which track. And, you know, it's that's just because I, I, I color things. I like to color things in. So if you haven't yeah. you know, done a spreadsheet, I would recommend a spreadsheet. <laughs> you know, I spreadsheet like literally everything in my life ends up on a spreadsheet somehow. This is probably the only thing that I don't work on a spreadsheet with, mostly because it's just such a living thing, a living, breathing thing that when I get into the spreadsheet, I get super bogged down. So I just like write it all down on a piece of paper and then I go back and listen to it. And I'm like, okay, what else could go on here? What else could go on here? So do you have a working title for this album? <clears throat> you know, not yet. Um, I am trying not to just name it after one of the song titles, uh, which is what I did for the last album. And I like that and it's fine, but it's also a little confusing, um, especially when it comes to doing interviews and reaching out to press and stuff. So... I am not totally sure. Um, I have some ideas, but to be honest, I'd rather keep them myself because they're not great. <laughs> so uh, I will have a great title one day, but I don't think we're quite there yet. Well, as it's your first album, I mean, it could just be Kevin Daniel. It could be. It could be. Way. I think that's also kind of lame. I'm not. I'm not going to do that either. I'm not famous. No one cares or knows who I am. <laughs> They're not like, oh, Kevin Daniel, the self-titled album. They're like, oh, this guy is really full of himself and naming his, his album after himself. Sorry if you named your album after yourself. I preemptively <laughs> apologize. I, d I didn't, actually. Okay, good. <laughs> um, I, I didn't, for the record, but that's fine. Um, well, that's exciting. Um, and so when are, you, when are you heading out to do that? Or are you kind of just doing yeah, it? Yeah, so, I mean, we start practice. Uh, we start rehearsals next week or in two, a week or, yeah, I think a week or a week from now we're starting to rehearse. And then, like I said, I'm, I'm in the studio in Brooklyn from like the 9th through the 13th of November. And then I'll probably go back into the studio again later that month or maybe in December, planning on going up to the Catskills in January, trying to get out to Nashville in February or March. I'm aiming to have the album released by June of, of 2019 which I know seems like it's far away, but when it comes to planning a tour to support the record, when it comes to printing off vinyl, when it comes to getting press, I mean, these things take like three to six months of planning. So like if I start in January, I'm just giving myself enough time. <laughs> Let's put it that way. 
that's fair, you're right. All of that stuff. It's a thankless task, it needs to get done, um, but it does take a long time. So I believe you are starting your own podcast. I am. I have been working on it. Um, that does have a title. It's called Everything Must Go. Oh, I like that. <clears throat> and you can't listen to it yet. Yeah, so don't get too excited. It's not out there yet. Um, but I love podcasts. I am totally like blown away by the podcast revolution. Um I have never been someone who's really listened to radio. Uh, my parents listened to a lot of NPR growing up, which was weird because they were both Republicans. But I guess those are in the days of when uh, Republicans actually listened to Democrats as opposed to just getting pissed at them all the time. So I am really excited about like radio coming back and being a thing. I mean, you live in New York. You know what it's like to sit on a subway for 45 minutes. I mean, a podcast will save your life. It's the difference between getting on a train and suffering and being excited to take a train ride. Um, so I'm super pumped about it. I think it's a really cool creative space. I think it's really easy to get in on it. You basically need a microphone and software. And then that's like your only physical overhead. And then everything else is about like, you know, what you put into it and your creativity so this one, everything must go. My goal is to create a podcast <clears throat> that's about death, essentially. Um, I mean, my you can read this on my website. This is part of my bio. It's just part of like my press release. So it's not really a secret at all. But I lost my mom and my stepdad in a plane crash about five to six years ago. Uh, they were amateur pilots. They lived a crazy life, definitely lived it to the fullest. And part of that included flying their own plane all over the place. And, um, you know, that tragically ended for them and really changed pretty much the way I think about everything. But one of the things that I learned through that was that Western culture in particular is very unprepared for death. Um, your own death or the death of someone you care about, that can be seen through my own inability to really cope with what was happening. Um, it was seen through mostly other people's inability to really talk to me about it at all. It's pretty amazing how awkward people will get when you start talking about the death of someone that was close to you. Um, I'm an expert in it now, but before I had my own hard time talking to people about it, I mean, this is not anything really good to say. So most of the time people say the wrong thing <laughs> unintentionally. And I think part of that is because America and Western culture, we spend a lot of time hiding death, you know, like pay a lot of money for funeral homes who do all that work behind closed doors. You just show up to a funeral and your loved one is like good to go, ready to be put into the earth, you know, like you don't know what happened in between that time. Um, you know, we spend a lot of money on old folks homes and retirement communities. So we sort of can like, you know, like put our, our aging loved ones away where we don't have to look at them or think about them. And it's just very different than how the rest of the world acts. And I wanted to create a podcast where people can hear about death in terms of, you know, hearing about the way other religions handle it, hear about cultural aspects of deaths from other parts of the world, you know, talking to people who work in the business of death, talking to people who come in contact with death a lot. Um, I mean, honestly, since, since I lost my parents, like I've just met so many people connected to this world and it is, 
it's pretty amazing. I mean, there are some podcasts out there that kind of touch on this. There's actually a, what is the proper word for them? Mortician, um, who runs a podcast and talks about her work and it's really, really interesting. Um, I don't know the name of it right now. Otherwise I would say it. There's death, sex and money, which is a very popular podcast that, you know, some of the content is about death. And I think it's just like, people just knew a little bit more about it or a little bit more comfortable with it or a little bit more accepting of it. Like, and we're a little bit like more able to just like have it be a part of their life as opposed to sort of like avoiding it at all costs. I think everyone would be better off. So right now I'm just sort of like putting the time to make the episodes, you know, I don't really know how other people make podcasts, but I want to come out with like a fair amount of episodes, just like ready to hit the streets. So I'm probably not going to release it anytime soon until I'm like really happy with what I have, which is uh, not quite there yet. Okay. Well, when you do, you let us know and, and we'll give you a little shout out. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Sounds like a podcast that's, or, you know, certainly a subject that's so close to your heart. I know that, you know, the death of your parents has really driven so much of your music. Um, and it's wonderful that you can share that and hopefully help other people. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we can talk about this, but we played at the, uh, the children's hospital and, you know, one of the rules for playing there was let's not really have any downer songs. Right. <clears throat> so I was like going through my repertoire of my original Munich. I was like, Jesus Christ, everything I write about is such a downer. So I'm like, one, I'm like trying to like make this next record a little bit more happy, partly inspired by me having to go through my own catalog and be like, Jesus Christ, is there, do I have any happy songs on here whatsoever? you did have happy songs and the kids loved it i loved it i did i plucked the two i plugged the two change the words we're all good <laughs> it worked it worked a charm um so speaking of gigs uh you've got uh, one coming up in november i believe yeah playing uh saturday november 17th uh this is the weekend before everyone is leaving for thanksgiving so your last hurrah in the city before you head back home to your respective flyover towns to have arguments with their families yeah exactly having arguments oh my god me and my dad are gonna get into it this year my girlfriend already begged me not to bring up brett kavanaugh when i was at home but we'll (laughs) see we'll see we'll see if i have we'll see if i have the self-control um I'm from the I'm I'm from the south so I like generally like like going home and arguing about politics because in New York City you can't find a Republican to talk to um or at least they're like too scared to admit they're one but when I go home I like you know I'm like let's do this finally I can talk to somebody who disagrees with me about something <clears throat> but yeah 17th I'm playing with a full band and Rockwood Music Hall stage 1 it's totally free and uh, we play it at 9 p.m. and it's going to be a good time. It's always a good time at Rockwood. Awesome. Well, I look forward to it. And uh, in the meantime, if people want to check you out, uh, where should they go? Where are you most active? Yeah, I mean, my Instagram is where you can find a lot of my up-to-date stuff. That's uh, My handle is the Kevin Daniel, so T-H-E, Kevin Daniel. And that's pretty much the handle for everything. So Twitter, the Kevin Daniel, Facebook.com slash the Kevin Daniel. My website is thekevindaniel.com. Um, so if you go to thekevindaniel.com, you'll find a link to literally all of my stuff. I got some sweet YouTube videos out there. You can link on those, get all the good stuff. 
Kevin, as always, it's such a pleasure talking to you. Well, good luck with the new album and the gig at Rockwood. I shall see you then. In the meantime, thank you so much for joining us and we'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Pan. I appreciate you having me. Always happy to work with you guys. Kevin Daniel there, and you can check his music out on thekevindaniel.com. Stay tuned next week and we will have Mishti Roy, blues guitarist and singer-songwriter on the show, telling us about what she's got coming up. I think she's got a new vinyl recording that she's doing down at Least of All Studios, which is very exciting. Um, don't forget you can check us out on newyorkartistcollective.com and also we are on Instagram at newyorkartistcollective. Um, I'm Stephanie Mans. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you soon.